Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. And this word that uh, has just been with me these last sort of few weeks, persistent, don't give up, have a long-term view. You know, you have a long-term view and then it keeps taking you through what is facing you. And so often we have the view of the vegetable gardener, plants his seed one season and he expects to get everything in return the next. But the forester plants his seed and he doesn't see the end of what it could be, but he's already seen it because he knows what it will become. And whether it's for him or whether it's for someone else or another generation, the thing is this, he was persistent in planting and in looking after. He was persistent in keeping the clarity of the vision before him all the days of his life. Don't you want a life like that? And so in order to do that, what I want to share with you um, today is this sense of we are motivated to fulfill the purpose of God. Let me tell you, everything in you, let me tell you, some of the people have put it like this, we're motivated to meet our needs. But let me tell you, the greatest need for each one of us is to fulfill the purpose of God. David fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. And so God has a plan and a purpose for us. And we need to be persistent in that this morning. I want you to turn to Romans, can you, chapter 8. Listen to what Paul says, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. But I believe God is going to minister deeply into people's hearts this morning. And in Romans 8 and verse 28, it says, And we know, yeah, that word know there is gnosko. It means, and we know because we have experience. It isn't up here. We have experienced, and we know that all these things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Let's read that again, shall we? And we know that all things God works for good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers. And so here, God's foreknowledge of you was that you would become like his son. And listen, 
I'm not saying you're all going to look like the facial and the physical um, picture uh, of Jesus. But I believe that we can all look like him in the character and in the quality and in the way that we live our lives. And we live it with purpose. We live it knowing what God has called us to. Are you with me here this morning? See, God has an incredible plan. He has an incredible purpose for your life. And whatever you might think, you are motivated to meet that purpose, to fulfill that purpose. And so when we are not fulfilling the purpose, let me tell you, there is a deep void in our hearts and in our lives. There is something that is not there. People call it that missing part. People call it the God-shaped hole. But that is the need that you have. God made you for a purpose. And that purpose can only be fulfilled by you and the way that you would do it. If you don't fulfill it, it doesn't mean to say that God has failed. Somebody else will take hold of that which God wanted to do. But let me tell you, it, it will never or the person will never bring the smile to God's face that you would bring to him if you were being uh, fulfilling that word. Come on. And so for us today, how do we get hold of that purpose in God? And Jesus said this, didn't he? You heard me say it last week in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Did you mark that in your Bible? Every time you read Mark 10, you'll come to this verse. And it says there, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. That was the life purpose of Jesus. Hallelujah. It says of him when Zechariah said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have brought, a light to the Gentiles and a hope to the people of God, that is the Jews. And so for us, again, you see that purpose that Jesus had was to bring two peoples, Jews and Gentiles together into the covenant blessing of faith so that we might receive a righteousness not dependent upon what we do. Hallelujah. But on what he has done and having faith and confidence in that. And so for us this morning, as I just unpack this, you heard last week I was talking about the clarity of vision. I want to talk a little bit this morning about the conviction of our beliefs. You know, when you have conviction about something, that's when you will cause your commitment to it to become your lifestyle. Or the way you live, your behavior. You see, everything is by conviction. See, what you do, if you were a smoker and you gave up, you could have tried all the things to try and give up, stuck up all the patches over you, took the chews or whatever it is that they give you these days. But until you have a conviction about it, 
you can forget it. You know, it's the same which is true in all of our lives. You know, we can have desire, but desire won't do it. You see, I could have a desire or, and I use this as an illustration, but if you were a 60 stone person and having a desire to crawl through one of these chairs, you could have all the desire in the world to crawl through it. But unless you had conviction and the conviction that you had led to a commitment and that commitment led to a lifestyle so that you would go through all that you needed to go through so that you could complete the desire that you have because you had a belief and a conviction about it, that's when you could get through. Not until. You could do everything, try everything, but until there is conviction. And let me tell you this, from what I have found in all of my walk with God, there is only one way you get conviction, and that is by the Holy Spirit. It is no good somebody telling you, don't live like that. You need to sort that out. You need to sort that out. And that's what most of religion does. It tells us what we have to do. But let me tell you, when you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit who takes the things of Christ and he manifests them, he makes them real to you, that's when life changes. Not until. Isn't that good? So stop trying. And ask Holy Spirit to give you that deep conviction so that your whole belief system is based upon that. Just as we look at it now, this, if you had a belief this morning that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That purpose which he foreordained, foreknew, and which he predestined. Now listen, that isn't forth-telling um, forth or fortune-telling. That isn't saying, well, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. What God does, he forth-tells. So he speaks forth. He speaks forth about what your life will become. He speaks forth the purposes that he has for your life in my life. And as he does that, and he speaks it forth, let me tell you, whether you get a prophetic word, and we believe in the prophetic here at this church and in the ministry of Revival Fire, but let me tell you, God will speak to every one of you through his word. You know, that, that is the key. <laughs> You know, we don't need to keep having all the prophetic words. If God spoke to you through this word, you can put your weight upon it. And as you put your weight upon it, things will be different in your life. And so, you know, here, David served the purpose of God in his generation. And so... As we move forward and as we go through this year, I don't want it to be a year like last year. You know, and I'm going to talk to you in a moment about some of the things that hinder us 
stepping into the purposes of God. That is when we have a belief and even that belief is working in that conviction, that conviction is beginning to motivate us and that motivation is commitment. We're beginning to press through and we're beginning to move on and then what happens, there is an obstacle that comes in our way and that obstacle, at that point, there is a choice. We can either choose another goal, choose another purpose, or we can press through. Now listen, when I mean, what I mean by pressing through is not that you're just pulling up all your energy in order to move forward. It is that you rest in the power of the risen Lord Jesus, that you rely upon the Holy Spirit to empower you, to fill you, so that you are energized on the inside, your inner man. The outward man is wasting away, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. So as Smith Wigglesworth say, I am weaker on the outside, but I'm getting stronger on the inside. Are you getting stronger on the inside? Are you stronger on the inside today than you were yesterday? Are you stronger on the inside this year than you were last year? You see, and so here, get hold of this word. This is what will sustain you. This is what will empower you. This is where you find the purpose of God for your life. God has an incredible plan and he has laid it all out. He's laid it out for every individual and every one of you can find fulfillment of the purpose of God that he's written in this book. Because here it's his revelation to mankind to bring everything under one head and that is Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And that is all that the enemy seeks to do is to stop us so that what God intended through the cross is delayed. Did you hear what I said? It's delayed. It is not defeated. Hallelujah. And what we're wanting to say is, Lord, let there be no more delay. Let there be no more delay as I give my life to fulfilling the purpose of God so that everything that you've said about me and how it connects to others will be fulfilled in my life. And so there is this commitment of our action it follows on from our belief. And then the fourth thing, I won't get through all of those this morning. I'm just giving you the bullet points. And then from the conviction is the commitment. And from commitment, there is completion. Don't you love those words of Jesus when he said, it is finished? That is a life that has completed the purpose of our Heavenly Father. That is saying, Father... I have done on earth all that you revealed in heaven for my life. Hallelujah. And Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, and I think it's in verse 7, and Paul says this, I have run my race. I have finished. Do you like that word? Finished. My course henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, last year, 
um, about a month, uh, 11 months now, but 12 months in another month's time. And I was reading the, the book of Hebrews. Uh, I'd had a stroke. I was lying in bed um, in a hospital and my daily reading persistent. I didn't stop just because I was in hosp- hospital. I didn't stop just because I was sick. Why? Because I know that God's word is my bread for life. Do you understand? Don't ever give up on that. Don't ever let the devil tell you it doesn't matter. Every word here will be fulfilled. Every promise will come to pass. Hallelujah. That should give you confidence this morning. And so here I was laid there and I came to the last sentence of the last chapter of the book of Exodus. That was my reading that day. And my, it says there, and Moses finished all his work. And I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that I had finished a portion of my life. I hadn't come to the end, but I had finished. And then the Lord said this to me, Trevor, if you try and build anything more with the church at Revival Fires, you will end up taking down what you've built. Can you see? It's so easy. And so with that, I phoned Ryan. See, all things work together for good to those who are called, love him, and are called according to his purpose. So I'm called to a purpose. You are called to a purpose. What is that purpose for you? Because if you don't know it, you won't get through the life and complete all that God's got for you. I'm telling you that. And so here, I phoned him and I said, Ryan, my work is complete. And now I give over all of the work of the church at Revival Fires to you and Anna. Sharon was in the room and we just wept together. But it wasn't weeping that I couldn't do any more. It was weeping because there was a sense of joy and there was a sense of life and a sense of expression. And let me tell you, I do not sit in the back somewhere telling anybody what to do and how to do it. I gave up the responsibility. I gave up working in terms of what this church is, in terms of the work that I did. Now I can build with Ryan, with Anna, with you, with the leadership here. Do you understand? It's not that you finish and now it's putting your feet up and having a lie back and, well, I'm done now, I'm into retirement. No, 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 no. It is now so that you can pick up the next portion of your purpose. All things work together for good. For those were called according to his purpose. A few weeks ago, I'm telling you this because I want you to know it's not all honky-dory. You may see at the front and you may think, well, it's going all right for him. Nice car, nice house, all the rest of it. But three weeks ago, I had a card, um, cerebral angiogram. That is a camera that goes up into your brain. 
I don't recommend it. <laughs> Do you understand? I have this week the results of that coming out as to what may need to be done. But all things work together for good. For those according to God's purpose. Love him and accord according to God's purpose. And so you see, it is not, it is not that you just give up and that you just re relax, oh, because this, because that, because of the other. It's that you say, God, what do you have for me today for me to fulfill the purpose that you've got for my life? Because the purpose of God covers the whole of our life, not just 65 years of it or 70 years of it, the whole of our life. But there are different seasons in life. Do you understand? And God has already spoken to me and Sharon about the results that we haven't got yet. Do you understand? That is those he foreknew. See, he knows. God knows everything about your life and he knows the future of it. And so for us, you see, for Jesus, do you remember? He says to, see, this is purpose. Get hold of it. He says to Simon Peter, Simon, who do men say that I am? Oh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah, but he says, but, but who do you say I am? See, we had that word this morning, putting Jesus, putting the name of Jesus. Who do you say that he is? Forget the person next to you. Forget what you've heard about him. Who do you say he is? Because that is the main point. Because if it doesn't mean that to you, it's of no value because you won't have conviction about what that name can do. Do you understand? You won't. And so therefore, you will fail in that commitment to that name. And so when you sing it, you can sing it. But what happens is you don't enter in. You don't know by experience because there's no conviction about that word. And we know that all things work together for good. Not some, not all the good things, all things. He didn't say the good and the bad. He says all things. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he didn't pick out certain things that that's going to work for good and you're going to move into prosperity? Listen, Jesus' most prosperous act of his life was going to the cross because through the cross he saw the reward of his life. See, we have a different view because we don't have a long-term view. But we have a different view of what vision and clarity of vision is all about. But once we get heaven's vision, and Paul, he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And you start to say to me all these prophetic words, and I know prophetic words are good, but you can have all the prophetic words in the world and still not do anything with it. Why? Because it doesn't bring about a deep conviction. See, my preaching was not with plausible words or better, but with a deep conviction of the Holy Spirit. And when you get that deep conviction of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you don't need to set the alarm to get up. You don't need to work out a plan to read your Bible. You don't need to set aside time in order to be in the presence of God. That deep conviction will do everything that you require it to do. Hallelujah. So you're saying, yeah, you're saying, Trevor, we ought to give up. Yes, I am. Give up on yourself 
and give in to the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, he is a wonderful friend and he is a wonderful counsellor. He can get you where you need to get to. He can bring into your life all that you need to have brought into your life. And so what do we need to do? Do we need to keep saying more Lord, more Lord? And listen, I love that prayer. But let me tell you this. God has given us everything for life and for godliness in Christ Jesus. He's given us everything. See, we cannot, be, we cannot get more of God than what he's already given to us. Now, I know those prayers are expressing a desire within us that we feel there is some insufficiency, inadequacy in us. And we're asking God to fill that need in us. That's why we want more of him. I understand that. But if we just base our lives on a prayer that keeps saying more Lord, more Lord, is that what happens, we can miss the point of moving through that and into the place where we receive and we step into the fullness. Are you with me? And listen, if you're in a place where you need something more from God, you pray the prayer more Lord. But let me tell you, that won't bring you into fullness because God has already brought you into fullness in Christ Jesus. Blessings. He's brought you into fullness. You know, and so here, yes, I'm just telling this because we need to keep moving forward and not keep slipping back into I prayed that prayer so many times. But now I'm in a place where I just want to be consumed with the fullness of God. Don't you? That he comes and as he comes, his presence, your presence, Lord, is the answer. His presence comes and surrounds us. So that Every situation and circumstance all around our lives bows to his will. That's what his presence will do. Just like it was when they came to arrest him. Circumstance. And what happens? They all fell down. They all had to bow down until Jesus gave himself to them. Pilate says, don't you know that I can set you free in John? And Jesus said, I've got power, he said, to set you. And Jesus turned to him. See, this is fullness. And he said, you have no power. What a statement. You have no power. For I have received power from my father. To lay down my life and also to take it up again. This I have received. I could call 10,000 legions of angels. But they're unnecessary. Because I have bowed to the purpose of God. And the plan that God has for my life. And so even all of those things 
circumstances, they bowed. See, often they bowed to the purpose that God had for his son. See, often we're asking God to deliver us and God wants to use those things to work for our good so that we come into more of his redemptive plan for our lives. And listen, I'm not saying stay in sickness. I'm not saying don't ask and put his name before you. His name is healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. So you're sick and he will come and minister to you. That's what happens. All things work together for good. I can't say you're never going to get sick. I can't say that what you're in is not going to have a continuance. Now, we like to think that everything's going to come to a stop because we say in the name of Jesus. But let's remember that there were a lot of people who were sick when Jesus was on the earth and were sick afterwards and were sick after the disciples. Hello? Not every person in the whole of Israel got healed after Jesus went to heaven and he gave the work to the disciples. See, we have to start having a much clearer view of the vision that God has. Because we may be trying to rescue what God is trying to get us to go through. I can see you're all excited about this now. (laughs) And so for us, you know, as we begin to press through, let me tell you, your life's purpose will motivate you. Your life purpose will cause you to be energized to move forward. And as you move forward is what happens with that is that there will be certain truths, convictions that you get. See, I know that for me, two very clear Passages that bring deep conviction is 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All things are passed away. All things become new. Now that word, all things are passed away, it's in a tense that's very difficult in the English in order to convey it. But it means this, it has passed away. And then it's continually passing away. So it's like a big dot, and then there's all these little dots. Because it's continuous. So it has, and it will. And so it has passed away, and it will continue to pass away. And it has become new, and it will continue to become new. And so that is. We are constantly being renewed and made new. Are you with me this morning? And so with that, we have this sense then that we take hold of the purpose of God. The purpose of God is to get people to come into a place of new life. What it is to be a new creation. What it is to live in this new creation that Jesus is the firstborn and we have been born again. We have entered into the power of the kingdom. He says there are some of you standing here who will not see death until they see the kingdom come in power. 
See, it wasn't any other reason why he said that, that they would see his resurrection. They would see the new creation brought about in Christ. And the disciples, he said, there are some of you here. And I don't believe he was referring to Iscariot, Judas Iscariot. But he says, there are some of you here who will not taste of death until they see the Son of Man, the kingdom of God, come in power. And that came at his resurrection, where the new creation broke in. See, that is part of my life message, is to get people to see that they've entered into this new creation. They have entered into this new life. It is not that we're going to die and then enter in. We've already entered into it. And then the second is just before that where he talks about having eyes to see. Where he talks about though we look not at the things that are seen but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. It's getting people to see a longer term view. Getting people to see the eternal purposes of God for their lives so that they can move forward. Do you understand? Now, listen, those are words that I have received. In the same way, don't think it's that God's going to send you to be, you know, the great deliverer of um, people with addictions. I never had a word. When we worked with addictive people with addictive problems for 15 years of our lives, probably 20 in total, I'm like one person came to the door, uh, an old um, Baptist minister knocked on my door when we were there, and he says that, you know, we were running a rehabilitation center, and he says to me, have you recovered yet? And he, and he, he thought I was, I was the one that was being recovered, you know. And, uh, and, and the thing is this, I didn't receive a word in terms of, what God had to go and set these people free. I had the word, and the word was this. Get people to enter into this new life that you've entered into. If any man is in Christ, is a new creation. Now, the prophetic word came on top of that, and the prophetic word was this. The sword that you slew Goliath with, now I want you to slay the Goliath in other people's lives where David goes to Abimelech and he says, do you have a weapon here? That was the passage God spoke to me. So the prophetic word, the now word, that was going to enable people to come into new life. And I'm saying this so that you understand some of the ways God works. And so that word, and Abimelech says to him, there is no sword here save the sword that you slew Goliath with. Take it, there is none like it. And God spoke to me and he says, that is the sword that you have victory in. And so for 20 years, we help people to break the power of addiction to drugs and alcohol in their lives. Can you see? So that was like the now word, but it was only as good as this word of presenting people as new creations. And so... If you're looking for a word that's going to map everything out, God will give you enough in order to keep moving you forward. And so what we're wanting to do is how can we be motivated, get hold of those words? Because when you have those beliefs, it will bring a conviction and the conviction then 
will determine your behavior. Have you got it? See, God's purpose motivates us because we come into a realization of the plans that he has for us and then that becomes a deep conviction so now our behavior changes our lifestyle changes and we begin to move on into all that God has for us but then what happens it says all things work together for good And so what I want to just focus a moment on is what happens when obstacles are presented to you and they come in your way. Because this is what we usually do. We usually find another goal. But God's plans and his purposes endure forever. The purpose of his heart for all generations. Listen to what he says in Isaiah chapter 25. In Isaiah chapter 25, it says these words, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt and praise your name. We've done that this morning. For you are perfect in faithfulness. We've declared that. You have done marvelous things planned long ago. You have done marvelous things planned long ago. It says in Isaiah 44, 28, Who says to Cyrus, he is my shepherd? He will accomplish all that I please. He will say to Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt. And of the temple, let the foundations be laid. That was Cyrus. That was an unbelieving king. Why can I say that? It's because he says the heart of the king is like a river in the hand of the Lord. He directs it wherever he wills. See, when you have those convictions... Let me tell you, you're not like a ship out at sea without a rudder. But there is a sense of the purpose of God taking you through hell and high water. Do you understand? And so for us this morning, as I just bring one or two things to you, the obstacles that come in our way, And so with those obstacles, that is what the enemy seeks to do in order to thwart the purpose of God. And so the first one is this, it's it's unreachable goals. See, some people have unreachable goals in their lives. And what do I mean by unreachable goals? The thing is that they feel that they are not enough in order to accomplish their heart's desire in life. Some people set themselves unreachable goals. And unreachable goals, what they will do is that they will produce guilt in us. We will feel that we're not enough. And listen, one of the, I believe one of the things with an unreachable goal is that we are not, we're not in a place where we know that we're forgiven. That we are forgiven for all of our sins. And so what happens is this. It's just like David says in Psalm Psalm 32. And he says, when I kept silent, all my bones wasted away. It was like day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. And then I said, I will confess my sin to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. 
See, some people, they come for cleansing for sin, but they never go to that deep place. And the deep place is where they know that guilt has been removed. And so what happens is that they feel that they're not enough. They feel that they will never get there. It's like unreachable because they see themselves. The other thing is this. Don't let one or two experiences of life think that because of it, that's how your life is always going to be. You know, again, I want you to get hold of David. David, what was he like? He was a man who had an affair with Bathsheba. He then had a husband killed. He then numbered the people of Israel when God told him not to in his pride. And so he, it was like never ending. And so often we can look at these things and we can fail to see that he wasn't defined by the moments in his life where his experience took him to rock bottom. See, don't allow that in your life to do it. I want to give you hope this morning. See, Peter, what does Peter? Peter gets it wrong. One minute he's saying, Jesus, you're the son of God. You're the, the Christ, the son of the living God. The next minute he's saying, don't go. You're not, that's not going to happen to you. And Jesus said, rebuked him. And he says, get behind me, Satan. He's in the water the one time, you see, and, and God didn't allow him sinking on the water, on the waves, in order to define his life. He didn't allow his denials to define his life. What did he do? He brought about a relationship into his life. And so there can be unreachable goals. Let me tell you, if you have unreachable things in your life, there are things in your life that you've not reached even into yourself. And that's what stops you moving forward. So when it's time to move forward, when everything in you are motivated to move forward, but your behavior, the way that you lived your life stops you, I want you to know this morning that there is a place that David found you can find, and that place is he forgives the guilt of your sin. Isn't that wonderful? Listen, I would never be able to stand up here if I hadn't known the completeness of guilt being lifted off my life for the things that I've done. And so for you, I want you to know if you've got an area of your life that you're struggling in, I believe this morning God wants to so set you free. So set you free. And you'll never get set free on your own. See, it's like this. Sharon, can you bring me my briefcase, please? Great, thanks. See, I needed Sharon to bring it to me. And so often we're trying to get things from God, but because we don't realize God is going to use each one of us to bring things. Can you come here a minute, Janet? Just stand here. Nathan, can you come here? Gary, can you come here? Jake, can you come here? Karen, can you come here? 
Sandy, can you come here? Now, I want you all to hold hands. I think there's probably enough. And Sandy, now, can you go and get me my scarf? But I want you to pass it all. No, that's it, like that. That's it, good. And pass it all the way down the line. That's it, stay there, that's it. <laughs> just pick it up, pass. It's okay, you don't need to keep holding your hands. That's it. Can you see? See, that's, okay, you can sit down. That's fellowship. See, it's what you can't do on your own. But because we are joined together, is that what happens is that what we find is unreachable through our relationship with each other, God makes them attainable. See, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ which is love if you confess your sins God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness but you see the thing is this is that we we hold ourselves in a place of secrecy when I hid my body wasted away no matter what we try and do we don't feel fulfilled no matter what we try and do we don't sense that we're living a life of purpose now listen if you're in that place this morning i'm not asking you to come and confess to me because that's not the point see i can't do anything but you see if you're struggling in an area of your life where you know that things have just been unreachable, you will never get there on your own. Just like I needed Sharon to bring this, just like I need a whole group of people. And so here, this is ministry time. We're going into ministry time right now. But if you've got a need, forget people around you. Forget people around you. I believe God wants to do something really wonderful amongst us this morning. And so for you, just come and kneel at the front. That's all I'm asking you to do. It's just come and kneel at the front. The second area, and don't stop, you know if the Holy Spirit is bringing about a conviction in you, right, a conviction in you, not because I'm a conviction, then come and kneel at the front. Because God's going to bring a new dimension of freedom into your life today. And so don't wait for appeal after appeal after appeal. Just come and kneel at the front. And then something wonderful is going to happen as that takes place. Something really wonderful this morning is going to happen. And, and so the second area is external circumstances. And in the external circumstances, you see... This is the thing that the enemy tries to keep us in. And listen, while I'm speaking, I'm going to speak to you here while I'm speaking, is don't, don't be silent in your prayer, but just begin to pray. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you just to begin to pray. When I confess my sin, you forgave the guilt of my sin. And what, what I want is some of the people in the congregation, these are your brothers and sisters in the congregation here. So I'm not calling out ministry team, we're brothers and sisters together. You see, if I need something, I have my brothers and sisters. 
And so I want you to, people here, is as they are beginning to pray to God, you don't need to listen to them, but I just want you to come and put your hand on their shoulders just to say that you're here for them. You're the one who's going to bring God's love to them. So just begin to do that. Just begin to minister to them. We don't need to set up this whole thing of ministry team coming out and all that. Just begin, whether you're on the back row or whether you're on the front row, you see people and you just say, God, I just want to bless that person. I just want to declare over them your love to them. Then just do that this morning. And I'm not going to ask you for more appeals for people to come out. These are your family here. And they're in need this morning. They're in need like I needed that and I couldn't reach it. And yet somebody brought it to me. And just come and meet with Then there's external circumstances in our lives. Things that come to us. And what happens with external circumstances? Stuff takes place in our lives that we're not, we're not okay with. So just begin to pray out now. Confess. Confess whatever it is. And you just speak out to God. But the, the external obstacles, it's these things that cut in on us. A stroke 11 months ago. An angiogram just two months ago. MRI scans just a few weeks ago. And then there are the times when you come into a town like this and people don't want you to come and they don't see any need for revival fires to be here see obstacles and so it's easy to become resentful to things that are happening in your life we begin to resent it we begin to be critical and so if you're in a place where there are external things taking place. David had a lot of external stuff in his life. See, and the thing is, uh, sorry, jo um, Joseph, and, and Joseph, if you read in Genesis chapter 50, after Jacob had died, his brothers came to him, and his brothers came to him, and they were really fearful. Why? Because of guilt. They were fearful, and they thought now that his dad was dead, so now he would kill them. And so they, he said to them, look, we're, they said to him, look, we're really sorry. And he said this, purpose. This is all that I'm telling you this morning. He said, you meant it for my harm, but God meant it for my good. See, you could have been hurt by other people. You could be in a place where things have not been good for you. See, today God's going to touch your life. See, you can't do it on your own. See, there's a Joseph who comes and says, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. And he sent me down here ahead of you to save a whole nation. He says many people. See, that was God's purpose. And so if you're here this morning and there have just been external things that have blocked your life moving forward come this morning just line up kneel down here 
People will come and minister to you. People will come and release the grace of God over your life. The way the enemy has come, <coughs> come in against you, God is going to move for you. And so there's external circumstances. You can't do anything about it. But let me tell you, this morning I believe that God can minister into that. So come down. And then there's the third area. And the third area is being in a place of fear of failures. Do you feel a failure? As people are coming out, you know, the church here, just come and kneel with them, begin to minister to them, pray over them, blessing. But there are fears of failure. And that is there's a sense of dread. Sense of dread is that you won't actually accomplish things in your life. And so what happens, you stay where you are. And so there's a sense of dread. See, perfect love casts out all fear. And so with that this morning, it's God's love that you need to remove the dread of the future in your life. And if you're here this morning and there is any sense of anxiety and dread in your life, you know, we use the terms today, if you have mental health issues, let me tell you, mental health issues really is about life's purpose. Mental health issues really is about our future or our past and how it's impinging upon our present. And if you're here this morning with any sense of dread in your life, God wants to minister to you. And so why don't you come? You think that things aren't going to turn out good for you. You think that things are just out of control. Let me tell you this morning, God wants to put you back in control. He wants your, his love to so minister into your life this morning and if you're in that place where you need anxiety and fears listen we can all have anxieties and fears i'm not talking about just that sense of nervousness stepping into a new situation but it's that sense of nervousness when you want to step into it and you don't you pull back that's what i'm talking about and if that's you this morning come and just kneel here and just you just cry out to the Lord this morning. It's him you need as we, the church, ministers to you this morning. So just take time in his presence today. And as you do that, I believe God will put things in front of you. He will begin. He will begin to minister deep into your heart deep into your life and so allow him this morning to come see it's about conviction don't close your heart if Holy Spirit is touching you you won't do it on your own that's why he's put us in a family and in a family, God ministers to us and we minister to one another. 
Sura Bamende Lamasa. And so for us today, see, if you were free, what would you do with your freedom? Hmm? If you were free, what would you do with your freedom? don't allow the experience that you're going through define the rest of your life. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, Why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.